as you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty darn important. And our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free sauna care toothbrush if you sauna care about your teeth. That's right. All you have to do is take sauna care of your teeth. And Green Mountain Dental is going to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Broncos country is Sitting in the south stands Drinking the curves from mile high The best part of the weekend Hugging the perfect stranger As they become a friend Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee and make sure you use that oh so magical code DNVR20 to save 20% off when you order from StravaCraftCoffee.com. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Ryan, I have something to admit to you. Uh-oh. I Sonicare about you. Oh. <laughs> That's so nice. Sonicare about you too. Um, hey, Zach. Hey, welcome. Mace... Doesn't think we're important. No, I'm just kidding. Mace is on his way. But we're going to get started early today. And I have, uh, I've just been thinking about this game a lot and how, what a weird position the Broncos in. And we've kind of talked about this position a lot, but like, this is, this game is important in the most meaningless way. It is somehow important. And I was thinking like, this is Drew Locke's biggest challenge hmm that's fair okay the KC game it just wasn't fair right um you can make the case that the Houston game would have been that but their their defense isn't great right and he exposed them early and they kind of just bludgeoned them like right off the bat and then it was all cruise control from there on I think with a team that is going to be so so desperate I think that this is going to be Drew Locke's greatest challenge right here. Hmm. Challenge in it's going to be difficult or it's his, his like biggest tasks to overcome. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that difficult. I just think that the Raiders are going to put it all on the table and they're going to, you know, the coaching staff is going to spend a couple extra hours at the facility this week uh, every day trying to come up with the perfect game plan to stop him. They're going to watch his film a little closer, trying to find out with one little thing that he might not be doing well that they can expose. I just think that there's going to be a lot going against him in this game. Interesting. And Ryan, what's what's also interesting with that is I spoke with a lot of Broncos fans on, on Christmas, and all of them said if Drew wins on Sunday – I, there, there's nothing holding me back in terms of my optimism for 2020. If he loses, uh, yeah, I'm going to still be a little skeptical. And I'm going to be excited, but, you know, it's, it's not going to be unchained enthusiasm and, and hope and excitement. And I said, well, he's still going to be 3-2, and two, even if he loses. It, as a rookie, isn't that good? And they said, yeah, it, it, it is good. But it, it, I still wouldn't fully be there. So in terms of 
a, this is a 100% meaningless game, like you said. But there is a lot on the line for Drew himself and, and how this team rolls into the offseason. And this week, a lot of players and coaches have put it on the line too, saying you got to win your last one to truly have momentum going into the offseason. So there's a lot on this game and specifically on Drew. Yeah. And I think like, I, I just hope that they haven't started doing what I've been doing, which is like, I've just been counting it four and one. Me too. Already. <laughs> and that's why I kind of had to take a step back and be like, man, this is no, this is definitely not a gimme. It is a home game. Uh, that's huge. If this was on the road, I would have bad feelings about it. Uh, but it is a home game and the Raiders aren't spe- special by any means. Nope. They are a very mediocre NFL team. But I just think there's so much on the line for them. I think Derek Carr is going to play inspired football. I think their defense is going to be extremely aggressive. And I just hope the Broncos are ready because there's going to be a hard right hook early in the game. And I just hope they're ready to punch back. and And I hope they have no reservations about what they're going to get from this extremely desperate Raiders team. Man, you're throwing me for a loop right now. I felt great about this game going in. And uh, I don't feel as good about it anymore. But here's the reason why you can feel good about this. In the past five, it's crazy that the Raiders are fighting for a playoff spot. A lot has to go on for them. But why it seems crazy that they're fighting for a playoff spot is in their last five games, they've lost four of them. They are 1-0 in their past one game, but they went on a four-game losing streak after starting 6-4. and four. It's pretty incredible that after going on a four-game losing streak, you can still be in the playoff hunt come, come the end of the season. But they've played some good teams in, in that stretch. The Chiefs, uh, I guess I'll stop the there. Chiefs. The, the, the Chiefs, they've also played the Jets, who they lost to, the Titans, who were hot, but the Broncos took care of them. I know that was before Tannehill. Uh, and the Jaguars. And those were kind of all must-win games for them, and they weren't able to live up to that. So this is a team that has talent. Yeah, if Derek Carr goes off, if he's MVP for him, that's going to be tough. I agree they're going to be playing inspired, but they could also be saying, wow, we've blown this. We're, what, 30 minutes away from being on vacation for months and months and months. And, heck, this is the last time we're the Oakland Raiders. We don't really care anymore. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I think they're going to do the opposite thing, which in like, especially Derek Carr, who like really likes Oakland for some reason. Yeah, I don't know does. why. Um, but I think he's going to play the whole like, like, we're not going out as the Oakland Raiders by losing to the Broncos. Like, we're just not going to do that. Is that before or after he puts mascara on? Uh, just, just after. Just after. Okay. And Ryan, does it come down to. Who gives that right hook first? Because if the Raiders give it, then yeah. I mean, Derek Carr's coming out swinging. They're they're going to be fighting. If the Broncos give it to him, could they just the Raiders fold? No. Oh, okay. No. You think you you think they're all about the fight? I don't think this is going to be that type of game. You I think they're bringing Oakland to Denver. I think so. <laughs> I think that this is the type of game. First of all, I'm not worried about Drew Locke taking punches anymore because he took a pretty solid one from the Detroit Lions. Um, which that's like a sneak attack because no one was expecting anything from them. <laughs> and he was still able to bounce back. So I don't think it's that type of game. Hello, Mace. Hi. Welcome, Mace. Sorry I got uh, <laughs> detained at my house for a little bit. It's okay. It's better than being detained in other places. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, 
we were just talking about how this game for in terms of meaningless games is an extremely meaningful game for both teams. I mean, it's not meaningless for the Raiders, obviously, potentially, depending on other other results. But I think for a fair amount of the Broncos on the roster, they're playing to help determine what their role is going to be in 2020 roster construction. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, for example, he's playing to show that he can be a factor. They don't have to draft Mm. his replacement. Tim Patrick, he's playing to show that he can be an option at wide receiver too and deter the Broncos from going after a pick there early in the draft. Uh, Patrick Morris and Jake Rogers, uh, more so Rogers because he's going to make his second career start. They're, if Morris gets in there, and certainly Rogers will play the whole game in all likelihood, they're playing to show that they can be depth options. Rogers, in particular, given he's he's been cut what uh, thirteen times Crazy. over the course of his career. I mean, he, this, I'm not sure any player is more motivated for this game than Jake Rogers. I know it sounds crazy, but but it's true. I mean, think think about what he's gone through to get (laughs) this opportunity. He gets a game ball last week, and if he stacks another good game on top of that, filling in for Elijah Wilkinson, I'm not saying you're planning on starting Jake Rogers in 2020. I am saying that maybe you're thinking, okay, this kid can be a swing backup, and maybe he's found a home in the NFL, and maybe... If you get to, say, the middle to the end of round three and you're considering taking a developmental tackle or a running back, maybe you're taking a running back. All you know, It's, mid, it's mid to back of the roster guys on the Broncos that have the world to play for. Drew Locke, he's going to be the starter in 2020. Hey, love not, that. Love <laughs> hearing that. Not, the, not the guy long-term just yet, but, but someone that you're trying to – build around someone that you're trying to support with every move you make, every piece you add in the offseason. So it's it's going to be a fascinating game from individual perspectives. And then, of course, you guys were talking about Derek Carr's motivation to say, hey, we are not going to go out with an L as the Oakland Raiders. There are a lot of guys in that Bronco locker room that want to send those mm-hmm. Raiders out with an L on their way to Las Vegas. You can't spell Las Vegas without an L. You can't spell Las Vegas without loss. Um, Yeah, so there you go. And I've often said you never want to run into a fired-up Jake Rogers. (laughs) It's a cool story, though, given what he's gone through. Honestly, he was like the happiest person I've ever seen in the locker room after Mm -hmm. the game, and it was was quite adorable. And then you go up on the roster, Will Parks – He's been working against number three wide receivers as a nickel corner the last few weeks. He's playing to stay in Denver, and he's indicated to me that even if he's not a starter among that starting quartet, that he wants to be a Bronco next year. He likes the chemistry. He likes the guys in the room. He wants to keep working with them. You lead me to uh, an exercise that I think would be interesting to run through here. I'll name a player. You guys tell me, can this player actually do something on Sunday to change the course of what, what the team should do with them, not what they will do with them? Um, we'll start with Drew Locke. Can no. he do anything? Can anything happen on Sunday that will change the Broncos' feelings? And this is should, right? Yes. And yes. this can be good or bad. Yes. No, absolutely not. 
nothing nothing that he Drew is the star- should change. There's nothing that can change. They're nope. not going to sign him to a contract or something. <laughs> oh, like, right. Although, I'd recommend it, but... Ten years, lock him up. <laughs> a catastrophically bad game, and I don't expect that he'll have that. But I'm saying, like... Touch wood for <laughs> you. I'm saying no touchdowns, four picks... 120 yards. I feel like that, completion percentage so of 40. <laughs> like, yeah. John, I always just feel like coming down the elevator, just like scratching his head, like, wait, what? How did that happen? But I don't think Rich Gangarello is going to give him a game plan that would allow that sort of performance to happen. Cut I him do. loose. I do. <laughs> I do think Rich Gangarello will give him a game plan that will allow him to do that. Might as well empty out the playbook, right? I just think it's going to be. Last game of the season, Brent. Don't hold anything back. <laughs> exactly. I just think it's going to be the opposite result. I don't think it's going to be yeah, four I, picks. I, I, no I don't think it, no, I don't think that's going to happen, but we're asking, you know, what could yeah, change no, the trajectory? Fair, fair. That's what could change. I think right, even that was... even that I don't think changes. You you feel a bad taste in your mouth, but it's still the plan. That was too long of an answer for uh, the <laughs> exercise I'm trying to okay, do. So let's speed uh, it up. I'll keep it to one word. Uh Royce Freeman. No. 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 Uh, <laughs> so we all agree Royce Freeman, they should be in the market to replace him in the offseason. He might become yep. Devontae Booker next year. Yep, I agree. Um, Deshaun Hamilton. Yes. Yes, if he stacks two consecutive outstanding games together for him as a quality number three option, he can change that trajectory. Okay, as a number three option, how do I feel about that? Nope. Still no. Mm. Not enough. Uh, he had two good games at the end of last season. We started prorating his stats and all oh, sorts I know. of things. It's really quick. Should we be looking into Cortland Sutton's numbers a little more? Because he fell off at the end of last year. Statistically, he's falling off at the end of this year. No. Okay. He needs a number two. Okay. And as soon as he gets that, watch out. So I have a name to throw out for you. Okay. Tim Patrick. No. No. No, because Sean Hamilton and Tim yeah. Patrick should be on the team next year. Just keep moving them down the rotation. So you're saying Tim Patrick's kind of a backup for Cortland Sutton next year and Deshaun Hamilton's a backup to the two or three. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should be the four and five next year. I agree. The question is whether Tim Patrick or Deshaun Hamilton is a three. I think they Deshaun really wanted Deshaun to be. In- and Deshaun's skill set still fits that role better mm-hmm. than Tim Patrick's. Yeah, oh, I think the most likely it's more likely that Deshaun ends up as the three next year than Tim Patrick being the two. So where is Shawan Winfrey factoring? Show me. He's just in show me mode. I mean, you're going to have to go take it. You're not counting on him. Or I'm not counting. No, on you're him. not. Are you? Yeah. yeah I, is there there's probably only room for Juwan Winfrey or Fred Brown, not both. If you find that vertical speed wide receiver in the draft. It's incredible the names we're talking about in this game. No disrespect to Fred Brown or Austin Schlotman or Jake Rogers or Patrick Morris, but that's that's what we're looking at. Yeah, here. but at the same time, this is our job. It's the 40-man and, roster. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. September call yeah. the, the great Bob McGinn, longtime writer covering the Packers, used to say that part of his job as a beat guy was to know the 53rd player on the roster's role. You know, fans might not care, but that's part of your job. So, no, I, I, Mace, so I, I'm so it's our s- job to know what Jake Rogers does and why he and why he's playing for something this week. Oh, of course, I wasn't saying yeah. it in, in in any bad way. Just I'm just crazy. saying, yeah, we could is. we when the Broncos are twelve and four in two years and they have the one seed, we're gonna look back and say, 
boy, look at these guys. They started when the Drew Locke era began. Look at that Week 17 roster when they went out and beat the Raiders. And you know what? There might be a few guys that we were looking at right now and thinking those sort of sentiments about, and they might still be here. The parts that are with this team, if and when it emerges, they might surprise you. There might be some names that you don't expect. I mean, I think Andrew Beck will still be here in two years. All right, here's my last one. And it's, I save the juiciest for last. Garrett Bowles. Mm. I'll start. I say yes. And I'm, I'm more in the could it than should it. Um, I just think it's going to happen. I, that, I guess that's what this comes down to me. I think that Garrett Bowles will be your starting left tackle when the Broncos open in week one of next season. And so I also think that he could undo that this week. I think that if he has three holdings and the Broncos, you know, have three big plays negated and it's there's a boo fest out there at at, uh, at Mile High, I actually think that could derail what I'm thinking. And I also think if he goes and plays a perfect game, that the Broncos are going to be even more convinced that they should roll with him for one more year. What about Vic Fangio's backhanded praise of Garrett Bowles? Uh, praising just the fact that he's out there. This is what I told Zach when he told me that at dinner last night. I said, Zach, tell me about your girlfriend. And then you were, <laughs> it's like if I said that and then he responded, she's always around. <laughs> <laughs> she's there when I get home from work. I mean, the most, me the best she's there in the morning. Yeah, I mean, the most important ability is availability, but uh, <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. What's her personality like? She's there. Around. <laughs> it's definitely in the in the room when it's there. So for everyone playing the drinking game that was set up on yesterday's pod, Ryan just uh, Ryan just uh, put a relationship out there. Yeah, that one. That's bad. <laughs> like Vic truly thought, like, what's the one nice thing I can say about Garrett? Yep. And to his credit, I actually think we have mentioned that on this podcast before. Yeah. It is an it is an ability. Being available is an ability, and it, well, I think it was just as much of a backhanded compliment for Garrett Poles as it was a shot at <laughs> Juwan James. James. Yes, yep. and not not even an injury that gets him to cry can keep him off the field. I mean, he, how many he times has been carted off over the years? <laughs> just one, just one. <laughs> With tears, well, when, he wasn't he off, hurt in he practice? He was back the next week. Oh, did he get carted off into practice? Did he? I'm, doesn't sound wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I feel like he did doesn't. once. We, no. we were we were racking our brains on KOA yesterday, Brandon Cristal and I trying to figure out because we know like like we swear he was carted off in practice, but we couldn't figure out when. Hmm. And then we had to move on to another topic. It do, I will say it sounds plausible. <laughs> um, but yeah, car carted off in a game and then starting and playing every snap the next week. That's that's a first. Pretty crazy. Didn't I think he missed. He was limited in the next practice. He yes, he was, he was yeah. back on the field that Wednesday. <laughs> it was a miracle. Oh, Something. boy. Um, all right. I think that's interesting. I, I, I think people at home are probably saying, like, you should never base your decision off of one game. I just think you can be on the fence right now, and you're just like, all right, whatever happens in this last game is going to move me on one side or the other. So, well, Ryan, I agree with you that – could it happen? Yeah, I think I think a bad game could force John Elway's hand. I also think John Elway wants to roll with him the way he's been. I think John Elway's going to convince himself that Mike Munchak effect has kicked in, that Garrett's finally become the player that they hoped he can be. But the toughest part for me is should it? 
should this game impact what they do well, and what you think? Well, I think the other thing is I think what Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper think may be just as important as what John Elway thinks because they may be able to help shape what John Elway's perspective on it is because they'll, they won't just be talking about what he could do in 2020. They'll be talking about his 2021-2022 outlook. And on the one hand, you say, well, he's still relatively new to football. But the other other side, you say, well, if you give him a contract, you're giving him a contract after at and then after he's 30 years old. Right. If you pick the pick up the fifth year option, I think the most prudent course of action for the Broncos is just to keep the keep the possibilities open for as long as possible. If you go for that position in free agency, great. If not, you don't have to commit to the fifth year option until early May. So don't let the draft process play out. See if you find a potential replacement, short or long term, there. And if you do, if you do, great. And if you don't, then you go ahead and pick up the option. I think they're just going to keep. I think they're going to keep everything on the plate for as long as they can. It is weird in this whole entire like offensive line struggle thing they've been going through. They've n- have they ever drafted a tackle? I don't think Would they've it? drafted a tackle in the last four years. After other, after, other, other than outside Bulls, of yeah. that, nope. Pretty weird. That's bizarre. Like it, they haven't even tried. I mean, I, you well, would. They have tried thought- Sembrilo in twenty fifteen. Right, but I mean, like you would have thought that during this whole pro where they were tr- they couldn't Bowles was playing bad, they couldn't fix the right tackle. You would have thought they would have just taken a flyer on some guy that they had a decent grade on and said like, well, let's give someone a chance to come in here and beat Garrett Bowles. Right. Garrett Bowles hasn't even had competition. Zero. Elijah Wilkinson, I guess, who they certainly were thinking about. Cyrus Kwangjo. Yeah, Cyrus <laughs> Kwangjo, the Mountain. Jake Rogers, they were that he was never in the discussion. So. It's. I guess what I'm getting at here is I see the path to rolling with Garrett Bowles. I don't love it, but I can see how it happens. I don't want you to reach in the draft. There's no need to overpay someone who kind of sucks in, in free agency. And so here you are. You're kind of, your hands are kind of tied. But I then, think in free agency the only option then if you don't want to overpay for somebody who sucks is Anthony Costanzo. That would also drink. be a drink yep, <laughs> in the drinking game. <laughs> That's fine, yeah. I think if – that is a possibility. Go for it. Um, but what I'm saying here is, like, even if all of the things line up for Garrett Bowles to be the starter, just take a flyer on someone. Draft someone in the fifth round and give him a chance to beat him out. I got to think that that's happening, whether they draft someone in the first, the second. I got to think there's two picks for Mike Munchak in this draft, especially if they keep close to the 12 draft picks they have. Whether Might and, be and that, that's how it should be. I think that's how John Elway's plan should be. He should he should go up to Mike and say, "What do you want in free agency in the draft? Let me know how much money you want in free agency. Let me know what picks you want in the draft, and they're yours." And then he goes on with his draft plan after that. And yeah, if it's three, if he's picking if up two tackles and an interior guy, that great, great plan. If they keep twelve picks and they have a history of trading, let's say they even just keep ten. Because they're expected to have 12 once the comp picks are factored in. If they keep 10 picks, I would not be surprised if three of them are offensive linemen and one of them is punter. Yep. Great. Sounds amazing. It, Ryan, that's nuts that they haven't taken a flyer on an offensive tackle. Yeah. They none. Nothing. It's Garrett Bowles and, uh, and Ty Sambrilo, and that's it. Yeah, and Sambrilo, was, that was a long time ago. That was yeah. before Peyton. But th- those are the only offensive tackles they've taken since Peyton left. Yeah. Well, no, Peyton, Peyton was, there, yeah. was oh, the Peyton, year yeah, that right. Peyton completed so his career. Bulls. 
Just bulls. Wow. And they missed. Like, John, where's your swinging and missing on tackles? (laughs) You only get so many swings. That's the problem with the draft. Yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, like, if you weren't going to draft Philip Lindsay, couldn't you have taken a flyer on some uh, offensive tackle (laughs) instead of Dave Williams? The accountant. (laughs) Wendy's fame? Hey, he had a couple of good practices there in OTAs that led, led me to refer to him as DFW. Wow. Wow, you know who is referred to with a an F as their middle name is Matt Lacoste. MFL tearing it up down there or up there in New England. Didn't he have a touchdown this past game? Question, is it up there because it's up the map? Yep. Yeah. But it shouldn't re- shouldn't really be down there cuz it's down in elevation. Oh, I've never thought of it in elevation. Terms. So everything is down there except Wyoming and Mexico City and a few other places. Yeah, like from I, here. Like I, it kind of bothers me when someone says like from where we are now, like I'm heading down to Boulder. It's like no, actually you're heading up to Boulder. And actually, that would make sense. Even yeah, that, that yeah, wouldn't make that sense, sense even if ways. you're talking. Even if you're talking about viewing it on the map as north being up. That's right? true. So I would actually never. I would always say the wrong. I would never say I'm heading up to Boulder. I guess I, could, I would maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to test that next week when I'm when I'm not paying attention. Yeah, by the way, Matt Lacoste's numbers for this year, 13 catches, 131 yards, a touchdown, seven starts, 10 games played. When did That's that a, when did that touchdown come? Last week. He's last hot, week, baby. Against Buffalo. <laughs> One out. catch, eight yards, touchdown. There you go. MF. Tom definitely likes him though, because oh, yeah. he ran over to him and celebrated yep. and everything. <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a mo- they had a moment. Yeah, they certainly did. Speaking a of depth, moment. speaking of depth, guys. Maybe Jake Rogers will be Tom Brady's left tackle next year. Who knows? You never know. Where's Tom Brady playing? Maybe he's here, and that's why Jake Rogers is his left tackle. By the way, <laughs> he's not. Go- he's not. If going Aaron Rodgers had not signed the contract extension with the Packers, wouldn't everybody be having a hell of a discussion today after Rogers and Danica Patrick bought a twenty-eight million dollar spread in Malibu? If he had not signed that extension, everyone would be saying Aaron Rodgers is charger bound. Wow. Wow, that would look so weird. That'd be good for the Broncos, though. Get to face But that's not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, he's staying in Green Bay. I mean, I feel like if you got to spend most of your time in Green Bay, you should splurge on a house in Malibu. What do you think $28 million could buy you in Green Bay compared to Malibu? The The whole city? (laughs) The Green Bay. (laughs) Great place to spend St. Patrick's Day, probably. Probably. <laughs> yep. It's actually, that's um, where the river oh, comes from in Chicago. Yep, yep, the okay. Green Bay flows into the river. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mace's face when I say stupid things. Yeah. Ryan Konigsberg, geography master. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we see this game playing out? Ryan, yeah, I, I told you I was riding high on this game coming in. Both of you have knocked me down with thinking of it. Don't still, lose your optimism. I, I still like Don't it. lose your sunshine, Zach. We can't afford to yeah. be without that on the podcast. And we I, need it. It's not going anywhere. I like the Broncos in this one. Got a score? 31-20. to 20. The Broncos break Ooh. 25 points at home for the first time since week one of last year. I think this is going to be an absolute dogfight. Mm. Uh, punch for punch for punch for punch for punch. You don't think that often. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I think this is going to be a really good... Good football game, mm. just a, a grind it out type of game. 
Uh, and I think the team with the ball last is going to win the football game. And I think that's going to be the Broncos. Um, so I do think they end up winning on a Brandon McManus field goal, 27-24. But this isn't going to be any, you know, uh, even even the Detroit game kind of felt like cruise control once they got themselves back into it. No, this one's going to be going to be tough down to the wire. Well, wait, think it, about what well, first wait, of really, all. Really quick, Mace, just so you guys know, the spread is three and a half. So you've got the, the Raiders covering. Yeah. It. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, think about this. What is missing from Drew Locke's resume so far in his brief tenure as Broncos starting quarterback? Close win? It's a comeback drive. I mean, he had, I guess technically you could say he had the possession against the Chargers, but that was throw it up and draw a penalty. Okay. That was not a comeback drive at the end of the game as we normally think of it. Didn't they have to drive to tie that game, though? I think they were losing at one point. In the fourth? Yeah. Thinks so. I, I don't remember. I thought so the Chargers ago. rallied to tie it. Maybe. Anyways. They were losing in the fourth quarter going or going into the fourth quarter of the game against Detroit. But that was mm-hmm. early. I'm talking about last two minutes with the, with the ball, you're either down or you're tied. And that's the one thing that Drew Locke doesn't have to this point. I'd love to see it, like you say. The shootout would be great. I think the Broncos win, but I don't think it's kind of that back-and-forth showdown at the OK Corral. 27-20. 27-20. So Ryan is the only one picking the Raiders to cover the spread. And I don't love doing that, but I just... That's a score that came to my mind, and I always just roll with my gut. Here's the thing. I could look back at this and say the Broncos winning 31-20 to 20 is, was so stupid because the Broncos aren't playing for anything in terms of like a collective team effort right now where the Raiders are. It's kind of hard to pick the team that isn't playing for anything when another team is playing for everything, and we're not going to know if the Raiders are, are in, eliminated from the playoffs by the time the game starts. In fact, we may not know that the Broncos game could end before any of the other games that, that the Raiders need to happen. So it, I could look back and say, what was I thinking? It should have been the opposite. Yeah, I do think the Raiders are going to be pumped up for this game. <sighs> One thing that was very interesting was during John Gruden's pre- or conference call with the Denver media yesterday, he literally said, I don't want to make excuses, but, but – and listed, I kid you not, four or five excuses on why this team has struggled down the stretch. And to me, when John Gruden's saying this to the Denver media, I don't think this is the first time he's saying this stuff. That, that must be a feeling around their building like, ah – we gave it a shot. We had a good year. We were six and four. Then all these things started happening. So in we reality, lost the, we're, but we lost the fine. guy who tries to kill people on the football field. And how unfair is that? So according unfair, to John. Very unfair. Yeah, you sign a, a guy with a long history of suspensions and illegal hits, and you're stunned when he does it again. When recalcitrant player does it again, it, Gr- yeah. Gruden literally said. You know, injuries aren't an excuse, but we've had so many injuries recently. He went back to injuries a few times, and then he also said, oh, and, and I don't like the officiating that happened at the end of Sunday's game. But uh, in any way, uh, the injuries really hurt, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I just think that they have a reason where if they're down and out, everyone's going to be like, ah, it's not really our fault. 
that's ridiculous. Um, the for a team perfect that's thing. For something. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like it has to be a bit where he's like, I, I want to show players that I always have their back. So I'm gonna go like, I'm gonna really have Vontez's back. Right. Um, but you got to come up with some excuses when you're gonna have, uh, you're gonna have made more than one million dollars per win if you lose this. Well, either way, Ooh. because what's what's their record right now? Seven and eight. So they go eight and eight. Oh god, that's so embarrassing <laughs> if they make the playoffs at eight and eight. Um, they they go eight and eight, long. and they went six and ten last year, I believe. Four and twelve. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so he's gonna have twelve wins and twenty million dollars. It's not bad. Yeah, you better. Come well, up wait. With if a he has twelve why. wins and twenty million dollars, twelve and tw- and twenty, that would match his record over two years. If the Raiders win on Sunday, twelve and twelve and twenty. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How about that? How about that? <laughs> That's something else. That's Here, another stat. Classic Mace Mind moment. The, uh, <laughs> Triple the, M. the last four games, the Raiders' point differential has gone from minus 31 to minus 21 to minus 4 to plus 7. So they're getting better. They're trending in the right direction. They're getting better as they lose. So by that, tr- well, they won last week. Mm-hmm. But then again, that was against the Chargers. Do you really count? Wait, did they just blow the them out? How is their point differential improving as they're losing? They went from they lost by thirty one to both the Jets and the Chiefs. Oh, you're saying their point differential and in then, those games? Yes, and then and okay, then I was very confused. And then they lost by twenty one to the Titans. They lost by only four to the Jaguars, and they won by four over the Chargers. So if that pace continues, they would win this game by say I ten thought, to fourteen points. I thought you were saying like their season point differential is <laughs> getting better. Oh no, like, no, oh, no 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 no. Um, can't the Broncos? Finish second in the AFC West if they win this. They game. will, yeah, not based can. on they will based on tiebreakers. Yes. How about that? So that would mean. You want to talk about tanking incentive? I mean, a that loss would, is not the worst thing, even though we want it to right. be able to say Drew Locke went four and one. But talk about the schedule that you get. You're adding a playoff team to your schedule for next year if you win. Yeah. Because you that means not that there's that it's going to be ones. either Pittsburgh or Tennessee in the postseason and. That's the team that's going to pop up on your schedule. Uh, yep, you don't so. want to probably don't want to play Pittsburgh next year. I'd, I'd rather no? go to Tennessee. I'm fine with. Yeah, Tennessee. Nash- is. Nashville's a great trip. Oh, give me give me Pittsburgh. I'd rather. Although play I think oh, Na- well, next year they'll have Ben back. Well, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, right. no, they'll get him both though. So. It's pretty. Mike Mike Tomlin. Tip of the cap okay. to him. Can we talk about something really quick? Speaking of big men, why has he blocked everyone on Twitter, including me? You. I'm no not, way. I'm not blocked. You're not blocked. Are you sure? Yeah, probably. By Big Ben? Check if you are. Is it, can you mass I wasn't block blocked people? As, I wasn't blocked as of two days ago. I checked. Oh, okay. So, apparently, so Ian Rappaport quote tweeted him the other day. Okay. And all of the responses to the tweet were like, Ian, we can't see this. He blocked all of Twitter. <laughs> what? Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm not blocked yet. Mace oh, is safe. Had, what, what's it? It's Big Ben? Big Ben 7, I think. Yeah, uh, I have full access. Oh Unders- my god! What <laughs> underscore Big Ben seven? Yep. Yeah, most of the tweets right now on it are retweeting people who have pictures of themselves wearing pajamas under the Christmas tree <laughs> because it started with <laughs> it started with Big Ben himself and his wife and their three kids and their dog. Uh, having included, yeah, they're in matching pajamas. The dog is in pajamas that match the rest of the family. Wow, wish I could see that content. <laughs> I can. This is what you're missing. 
I mean, Ryan, I'll say it now. Ben Roethlisberger is a giant douche, but <laughs> I've never said that before publicly. Well, now he's got reason to block you. Yeah. But he didn't block, before. block away. Maybe, uh, maybe I like dunked on him after he threw that embarrassing interception to Shelby Harris last year. And could that you, got me blocked. Could you imagine being a starting quarterback, making the money he is and going through Twitter and blocking everyone that said something bad about or you. Or even, like, just tell, uh, having someone do that for you. Right. Like, hey, go search my name. Anyone who said anything bad, block them. Yeah, the, that person's like, oh, in the last 24 hours, he's like, no, in the last 24 years. Yeah, <laughs> ever. <laughs> what a May, soft. Maybe I mean, it's because I always shorten this, his name to R apostrophe B-E-R-G-E-R on Twitter when I refer to him. R-Burger? Yes. burger <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, if, if it's a game, I'm like, I don't want to type all these letters, yeah, especially back in the 140 character days of Twitter. I'm like, I don't, I don't have room for this. You're getting, you're getting an apostrophe. And you're going to like it. I, it the, w- such a weird thing. If this was a college football prospect, people would be using this against him uh, in his draft. <laughs> Probably. Yep. Crazy. Um, all right. One more game really quick. Yep. The Chargers going into Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Chiefs nine-point favorites. I feel like the Chiefs have burned me like time after time this year. But I just – whenever these lines come out, I can't <laughs> – I'm not going to pick the – I just can't pick the Do Chargers. Pick so them. I'm picking Do, the Chiefs. Uh, I'm going Chiefs as well. Should the, the Chargers are done. Mace? I got to go with the Chiefs. I, I think the Chargers uh, just – Go Phillip out Rivers there last game? Sweep. Is it? Oh. <sighs> Should be. His last game in L.A. Okay. If he's not an L.A. Charger, where is he next fall? Like, he's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick for someone? Oh, man. Not even a starter. Well, like. It's like the whole, like, we have a young guy and then Phillip Rivers, and we're going to let them fight for it. He'll probably end up winning the job. But. Can you see him, though, being, you know, being willing to uh, leave? How many kids does he have now? Nine? 43? <laughs> yeah. How would his wife feel if he said, honey, we're going you know to what? Cincinnati. I'm going to go <laughs> to Tampa Bay and... Duke it out with Jameis Winston for the starting job, or I- I'm going to go to Miami. I don't think Mrs. Rivers is going to react very well to that. I think he'll just say, "I'll I'll commute there every day. I'll take the bus. <laughs> <laughs> take a what? Take a plane? Get a private plane? Go back and forth across the country <laughs> yeah. every day? I watch film on the plane. It's, it works out great. Oh. Could you imagine? Uh, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna roll with my Philip Rivers. I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna chase. All this right. Last week, actually, I just had a brainstorm. For where Philip Rivers might go if he did leave the Chargers. Okay. A play, uh, an area of the country that he knows very well. Carolina. Played at NC State. I could see that. Ooh. I wonder, did, it, did he meet his wife there? No, his Ooh. wife is actually his middle school sweetheart. But he was married in NC college. They, they lived what? Did, so she went to NC State too? Yeah, they they both went to mm, NC State. They I were both in Raleigh then. Mm, I thought happening. you were going to say. Now, Raleigh's not, and Raleigh's two hours from Charlotte, but still, it's an area of the country where he is still a pretty beloved figure, at least by NC State fans. I don't think uh, North Carolina fans and Duke fans and Wake Forest fans will give him the time of the day, but the state fans love him. Mm. 
I thought you were going to say he's going to go play at Three Rivers Stadium. <laughs> Ooh. And I thought you were going to say that his wife was his middle school teacher. So <laughs> that's better. <laughs> no, but uh, you remember uh, Jared Saltamakia? Nice. He was a catcher nice. and he, for the Rangers and a few other teams. Jared Saltamakia married his high school gym teacher. Oh, wow. 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 As they say in South Park. Nice. Oh, <laughs> <Nice. laughs> uh, okay. Well, so give me the Chargers. You're taking the Chargers. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, does anyone have a chance to pop over 500 with a solid week this week? I don't think so. Do we need to add some games to the bowl. <laughs> Start picking bowl games. Yeah. yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll pick bowl games after this week until uh, until we're back at 500. Well, maybe we pick some high leverage games. Like, okay. Why don't we pick Pittsburgh at Baltimore and Tennessee at Houston? The okay. other games, re- two of the other games relevant to the Raiders. Man, I hate this Pittsburgh Baltimore game more uh, than anything. I hate games. Who is their backup starters. quarterback? RG3? Pittsburgh's? Yeah. Oh, no, Baltimore's RG3. Yeah. Yeah, give me them. I just think Pittsburgh you don't even is know just the spread. falling all How over. How desperate will Pittsburgh be if Duck Hodges struggles and they finally turn oh to oh, Paxton Lynch. Boy. Oh God. Oh Paxton boy. Lynch. Good in relief. Always thought he should have been a relief pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> He's one for one. I, I gotta go with the Ravens. I, I don't have confidence in Pittsburgh right and now. And the Ravens are two point underdogs for this game and it's oh, yeah. in Baltimore. Money line. Yeah. You're taking who? The Ravens. You're both taking the Ravens? I'm taking the Ravens and the boy what an embarrassing loss it would be for the Steelers to lose a potential high leverage do or die game. It's it's only that if the Titans also lose. I'm chasing to the Ravens. I'm scrubs. Give me we the know. Steelers. They're straight up chasing. I that's think RG three is going to have his. Oh God, what was that dude for the Packers who got signed by the Seahawks? Matt Flynn. Yes, he's going to have his Matt oh, Flynn game. Someone somewhere it. is going to be like, hmm, that's intriguing. And then the Titans, who are playing for something, are the Texans playing for anything? No, they're locked into their seed. Locked in. So the Titans are three and a half point favorites going into Houston. To play Do we know the about the situation? We already know RG or we know RG three starting. Like, well, Bill O'Brien says they're playing to win, but will not directly say Ugh, what kind Bill of O'Brien. role Deshaun Watson <laughs> is going to play. I'm uh, going with the Titans in this one. I'll take the Titans. I too. can't believe I freaking have to take the Texans <laughs> in order to chase your. I hate. I think this. they're starting TJ Yates again. <laughs> oh God! I think it's AJ McCarron. Oh, well, oh, okay. Two letters with a J. <laughs> Give me the Texans. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. All right. Before we move on, shout out to two different places who made our night nice last night, which are Bojo's Pizza and Breckeridge Brewery. Yes. We had the DNVR holiday party last night at Bojo's. And man, it's just different there. Different pizza and it's one of those things that you just can't get anywhere else. If you want Certainly that true. style of pizza, you got to go to Bojo's. They just don't have it anywhere else. And it was bomb. And there's of all the crusts to put honey on, Bojo's is the number one crust. Now, some people think it's the only one. That's completely wrong and a terrible take. <laughs> I'd all never heard of honey on crust, honey. though, before Bojo's. Yeah. Welcome to Colorado. They might have been the founders. Um, I just, like... Did it when I, like my mom just showed it to me when I was a kid, like when we had like Domino's delivered. Uh, but 
that one it's like its own it's its own dessert pizza the pizza comes with dessert it's an incredible thing it it's really true and i just i kept thinking about that training camp pod where we talked about honey on pizza i thought about that so many times last night and the bojo's pizza lived up to it the only problem was that the the honey <laughs> bottle that they had didn't have a big enough hole at the top so i got like a, a workout <laughs> yeah you did trying to squeeze the How honey you feeling well, this morning Strong. Did you? Uh, <laughs> was it jammed up at the top? I mean, I, I found that what I would always do at Bojo's was I would just, if I was having trouble, I'd just take uh, one of the you know prongs of my fork and stick it in there and kind of clear it up. And you know, it's basically kind of like blowing your nose almost. You kind of clear the passage, uh. and then the honey can flow. I was thinking it's more like cleaning your ear out. You know, both are gross. Stop, <laughs> stop doing this to honey. I just wanted to take like a knife and just cut a little a larger piece. But just taking the cap off. I didn't do that. Anyways, it was fantastic. <laughs> and once the honey all came out, it was amazing. And we had some Breckeridge beers alongside it. Uh, a great night all around. It was, and boy, had a hatch green chili pizza. Mmm, that was really good. Mm. They had a pizza that was in. And these things don't seem like they should go together, but the, they're professionals over there. They know what they're doing. Yep. Pepperoni, like classic mozzarella, green chilies, and then feta. Yeah. And you just wouldn't think that, but it was so, so good. It was. No mozzarella, just feta? No, there was mozzarella. Mozzarella, too. Okay. Yep. It was essentially just a pepperoni pizza with feta and green chili. Delicious. Mmm. Little kick. Blew my mind. <laughs> but so it's good. the hatch green chilies. I, I found out yesterday that some people are willing oh, yes. to debate the Pueblo versus hatch chilies because... Over at the Broncos media room, Arnie Stapleton of the AP brought in his Hatch Green Chili Queso. So mad I wasn't there. It was amazing. And yet I mentioned the Hatch is like, no, 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 Pueblo is better. Oh. I'm, I'm neutral ground on this chili debate. Now, I'll debate barbecue varieties of North Carolina and South Carolina with anybody. That's my territory. But the Hatch Green Chilies, the Pueblo Chilies, they're both good. I'm, I'm neutral. But you also feel that way about barbecue, right? It's all good. All good, but I, I will tell you why you should always have Eastern North Carolina vinegar-based uh, <laughs> sauce on your barbecue as opposed to the mustard-based sauce of South Carolina. Fair enough. Okay, um, but that's the thing. That, the that's my debate. territory. So I get why people debate this, but I can't really, I can't really tell much difference between the hatches and the pueblos. People are getting the debate all wrong. It's not about which chilies are the best. It's about how green chili is served. Is green chili a sauce? Or is green chili a dish? And those of us here in Colorado believe it is a dish. You have green chili in a bowl with a tortilla on the side. In New Mexico, green chili is just something you put over your burrito. You smother it. Yeah. And they probably think that it's like eating salsa in a bowl. They're like, what are you doing? Right, exactly. So that's the truth. That's what truly separates Colorado. And yes, it is the dish... It's spelled chili the way you would you would talk about red chili, C H I L I, green chili. What could it be? Well, just the chili itself is C H I L E. The pepper is the chili. Oh wow! The I've pepper is spelled yeah, of like course, the, of course. it's spelled like the country. Right, right. Wow. So people like a little mind blown. So people will post like you like you can't even say your chilies are the best. You can't even spell chili right, and it's like no. <laughs> Green C-H-I-L-I is the dish. Right. And it is the best use of green chilies. Yep. Yep. It's true. So really quick, now that we're on this conversation, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? 
I don't care. Thanks to our friend Vic Fangio who brought this up yesterday. It's absolutely a Christmas movie because the genre of Christmas movies actually crosses over multiple genres because you have Christmas comedies, romantic comedies, fantasies. I mean, everything like with Santa Claus taking kids all over the place. I mean, you know, that's the sort of like fantasy. What do you, you have? Mean? Christmas dramas. <laughs> so you can have a Christmas shoot 'em up action flick. Shoot 'em up, blow 'em up. Yeah, <laughs> shoot 'em up, blow. Em up. And as Vic Fangio would say, he prefers chick flicks to shoot 'em up, blow. He em prefers up. Hallmark. I've Christmas never <laughs> respected Vic Fangio so much as when he said that yesterday. I I'm love like, it. He's he's as comfortable. He's with so it's himself. the honesty there. I mean, yeah. we all have things that we like that maybe are not stereotypical to guys. Everybody's got something, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's Vic's thing. Hallmark Christmas movies. Yep. Even though I was reading a piece somewhere that d- detailed how they're actually kind of fascist. Hallmark? Hallmark Christmas movies, yes. Wow. <laughs> There's always... Uh, that's 2019 think, for you right Hashtag there. think piece. <laughs> <laughs> I've got people in my mentions talking about how Drew Locke is part of the Illuminati or something. No yes. way. Um, yeah, I've got like QAnon people in my mentions wow. because he like he did the... Yep. The threes thing yep. because he wears number three. That's what I thought it would be. Uh, but, you know, apparently, like, that's now a white power. I, wow. I the but, OK symbol is no longer OK. Yeah, that's that's mm. that's 2019 in a nutshell. Right <laughs> and, I've, and I use that that symbol for years. Like, OK, I'm right. having to work to work it out of my system lest I be perceived as some kind of jerk white supremacist. That's good. I had no idea. Thanks now, for So now, like. If someone you while we're on the podcast, yeah, so if someone's on the podcast, and they go over to like the thermostat and they like make eye contact with us. They're like, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't throw them the okay. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's a story. It's on Salon.com. Headline: Salon.com. Hallmark movies are fascist propaganda. Wow. Well, Vic, Vic is eating all that up. Is this? I don't know if this is like a bad admission. I've never in my life watched a single Hallmark movie. I haven't either, and I'm not trying to be cool. Well, no, my, my wife likes them, so I've seen them. By, here's Aren't they, what, like, objectively bad? They are. Okay. They're formulaic. They are clearly shot in the minimum time that you can take to make a movie. Like, it, it is assembly line filmmaking. Like, they can do one basically in two weeks. Wow. In terms of the filming. Even that's and then, a lot of time to spend on one of those. Things that bothered me, and, and now my wife and I have a detente. I, I don't talk badly about the Hallmark Christmas movies anymore because she's like, can't I have this? And I say, fine, but I'm going to get it out here. All right? <laughs> Mace just shuts down everything. He's like, I mean, the acting. She's like, please, well, please. I, I look at, I, I, like, one, one came on, and I, I saw the opening credits for one, and I saw them for another. I'm like, what they, they use the the most generic font they can find. There's like no <laughs> imagination, even in the credits. You can tell that they're shooting a bunch of these things in like August, right. because of the way that the lighting is from the you know the, from the shadows and all that. You can, I'm like they shot they shot this thing in August when it was 75 degrees out and everyone's in parkas and scarves and all that. What I've later learned is that the the they prioritize the movies like when they get all the scripts they're going to make and they say, okay, this certain ones are going to have more of a budget and more production values than others. And so the ones they prioritize, they'll say, well, we're going to shoot those in 
say, January or February, and it's going to look and feel like winter, and you're going to be able to see the steam from everyone's uh, breaths and everything. But the ones that are lower priorities, and we're going to shoot that in July, and <laughs> so it's okay. Uh, they do a bunch of them. In, they shoot a lot of them in Canada, like in British Columbia. I've learned way too much about these yeah, things. Yeah, you're an expert. You and Vic can have good conversations. I but just, the thing is, I would be picking apart everything. And I'm like, <laughs> like, the other thing, like when you watch the Hallmark Christmas movies and people are interacting, I'm like, nobody talks like this. <laughs> nobody. It, it, people aren't really like this. Oh, but God. It's I not, can so see Mace's wife just but being it's, like, Andrew, please. Des- <laughs> yeah. They are, they are designed, though, to kind of feel homey, to feel like they reflect another time. Right. A, pa- a simpler time. Simpler time. I. Uh, and they, that's definitely not going to work for me. And there are like, no sad endings in Hallmark Christmas movies. I mean, you know, no, nobody, nobody dies of cancer or anything like that in a Hallmark Christmas movie. And there's pro- a lot of product placement too. Like the Christmas trees are all from a specific company. I think it's Balsam Hill. <laughs> <laughs> you know. The whole operation is very. To me, it's very cynical. Today, we learned that Mace knows tons of things about stuff that he doesn't even like. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, hate watching, I guess. Well, I, I mean, I don't hate him. I just, it's like, well, actually, I do kind of because when the Hallmark mo- Christmas movies start coming on, that means on the Hallmark channel, they stop airing the hour or two of Frasier and the hour or two of Golden Girls late at night, which I love while I'm working late. Mm. Can't say I've so, ever even turned on the Hallmark Channel. Nope. <laughs> um, I like if there's like one bad actor in a movie or a show, I can't get past it. Like it ruins mm. the entire thing for me. So I don't think I could do a do a Hallmark movie. <laughs> it's basically kept uh, Candace Cameron Bure of uh, Full Full House fame back in the '90s. It's basically kept her gainfully employed because she pops up in like all of these movies. Uh, Lori Laughlin, also a Full House fame, was in a bunch of them, but now that she's had her yeah. college admission say, scandal, no. they took those films out of the rotation. <laughs> but they have made so many of these over the years that they could just shrug off the loss of the entire Lori Laughlin part of their catalog and be just fine. But since, just, it's, since it's Hallmark, they actually didn't pull the movies. They just literally pulled her character and let just, the movies continue. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, just, cut, just cut those scenes out. The movie's down to like seven minutes. Yeah, it's <laughs> but I mean, look, I'm I'm not much of a a holiday romantic comedy person. Like in Love Actually, for example, I think wait, the, don't the spoil entire that for me. the entire movie. Well, I, I'm like 40 minutes away from finishing. <laughs> I'll just say this: the entire Love Actually should have just been distilled down to the Billy Mac story. Could, you, I would have watched. I would have watched a Billy Mac movie. That that's a good idea. They could just spin off all of those into their own. Hallmark movies. Yeah, I wouldn't watch a bunch of them, but I've watched the Billy Mack story. I just Absolutely. want to take this moment to say that I have seen Love Actually and Ryan has not at least no, finished it. No, that's not it. true. I've Ryan, seen two-thirds of it. it well, so, so why did you not finish that's it? That's a big feat. Uh, this is a sore subject. Uh, <laughs> Christmas morning, went downstairs, was like, let's watch a movie. Played it, and then had to like stop for a little while to do something, and then went back, was about to finish it, and then the company showed up. And... Oh. Never got the chance to finish oh. the movie. And it really threw a wrench in my Christmas. It really took me right out of the Christmas spirit. Well, because you Did need you? that movie to get you in the Christmas spirit, right? That's exactly spirit, right? what I was saying. Yes. Do you have to wait till next Christmas to finish it? <laughs> I don't know. It depends if it's on Netflix. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's acceptable. You know, one of the things I like is that on satellite radio, for example, they keep the Christmas music channels going until the new year. I'm not ready to turn off Christmas music just yet. I'm uh, okay with it right uh, on through the 31st. I was never ready to turn it on. Yeah, Ryan's uh, done that. Actually, bit. that um, 
I love Christmas music. It's Mar- Mariah Carey. Yeah. Yeah. That's a banger. Yeah. That bangs the... in August. It honestly. does. It does. Uh, She's made $60 million off that song. Yeah. She it, deserves it every been... penny. Because the money, because she wrote it too. Right. So yeah. that, then when Michael Buble covers it. And... Right. <laughs> Had, but I only want to hear one? her version. I only want to yeah. hear Mariah sing All I Want for Christmas Is You. I only want to hear Wham singing Last Christmas. And you want I Jim- don't want the covers. I you want the original. You want Jimmy Fallon covers, though. Hell no. <laughs> but, there, but I do want the Hall & Oates cover of Jingle Bell Rock, which I think is superior to the Bobby Helms version. Of course. Yeah, yes. I can't argue that. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I move the goalpost? Yes. Good, uh, good conversation there. I, we haven't I really had a the holiday. Best, the best holiday rom-com is The Holiday. My wife really likes sure. that movie. It's no not that. Yeah, that's a that's a year that's in the yearly rotation. For so me. the one thing though, at first, it's like I don't. I'm not sure I buy Jack Black and Kate Winslet together. Hey, but it see, but somehow it worked. <laughs> it actually wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of us outkick our coverage. <laughs> I was watching one with uh, except for uh, Colby. Last uh, late last night, I was watching <laughs> actually, a movie with did. with Seth Rogen and uh, Charlie Theron. Oh. Where she's the Secretary of State and she's running for president, mm, and right. he's his speechwriter. I haven't seen that one. It's called it's I think uh, new. Long Shot. It was out earlier this year. I wasn't aware of it when it came out. Actually, it was a pretty good movie, pretty good <laughs> flick. They also like they really try to make Kate Winslet seem not like a superstar actress in that movie. Like they try to right. dress her down a little right. bit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, she's right. got to do the rom coms to you know to. So she can uh, do all the Shakespearean stuff in her spare time, right? Right, I mean, exactly. Yeah. The all right, let's make get cash. into the questions here. We've gone on a tangent. We'll see if these are about We normally Broncos don't go on a not. tangent at the beginning of the second right. segment. That's a it's new true. thing for us. It is. Well, I, I had these things building up. and it, Look, if we, did not address, <laughs> if we did not address Vic Fangio's thoughts on Hallmark Christmas movies, I think we would have been derelict in our duty as podcasters and writers chronicling the Denver Broncos. This is a story. There I could not believe I, I just I couldn't believe he even remembered the name of the movie like yep. Christmas Under the Stars. I just I just imagine people which is I feel like every Hallmark movie is named that. Right. But I feel like people that watch Hallmark movies just turn the channel on and just watch it and they yep. don't even care if they caught it when it started. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. If they ever decide to develop my proposed football-themed Hallmark Christmas movie called Lights Under the Route, Route Tree, Vic Fangio can be a cameo <laughs> as the coach. Wow. Oh, man. Steve Atwater going to star in that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he can be the GM. There we go. Okay, first question here comes in from Broncos Nugs. Um, I think he meant to attach so. a link. I hope no, it's, so. It's invisible. It's, it's not, it's it's not invisible. showing. It's there. I see it now. He, well, okay. I don't see it, but I feel it. I'm that looking at fancy. the link right now. I'm actually looking at the story here so I can guide oh, you through this. Oh, this is going to shut down my computer. You tell me all about <laughs> it. Okay. NFL.com does a weekly ranking of quarterbacks. It's their quarterback index. So, for example, Lamar Jackson is number one. It's like power rankings right. for quarterbacks on a weekly basis. Drew Locke is number 29, but it's all the guys who are starting right now. So the names that Drew Locke ranks ahead of are David Blau, yep. Duck Hodges, yep. and Will Greer. Yep. Who's he uh, behind? Mitchell Everyone Trubisky, else. Andy Dalton. I know, Dwayne, I'm just trying to think like, he's who's be- near him. Right. He's three spots behind Dwayne Haskins. No, no, he's no, no. He's four no, spots no. behind Gardner Minshew. No, 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 He's no, six no. spots behind Jacoby Brissett. No. 
Well, that's Sam Darnold. He is He's five spots behind Sam Darnold. So do you agree with that? No. I don't either. I don't either. Jacoby Brissett, uh, Baker Mayfield. If you're doing like a weekly quarterback power ranking thing, you don't get to say like, well, we're in wait and see mode. He's it's like, ten, no, you're doing this as a reaction to what's going on right now. He's 10 spots behind Daniel Jones, but again, it's the, the weekly reaction to Daniel, Daniel Jones throwing five touchdowns against a, a bad team, but That's still fine. five touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he can be behind Daniel Jones after that performance. That's yeah. fine. He's but 12 he's spots also, behind Fitzmagic. How about this? He mm-hmm. is... What nine spots behind Jameis Winston, who just went out and threw four picks? That was a wild game. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I well, whoever's doing this is wrong. They're bad at it. Well, it's not. It's it's a there. <laughs> it's not just one person. There are four people who came up with this. Yeah, it's really bad. I I mean, what? It, it, they're just looking at the box score and like where was Drew Lock after the Houston game? Was right, it number one. Probably not. Probably twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. It it lists him and says that he dropped one spot. Yes, he dropped one spot from the from the Kansas City game to the Lion game. But how many spots did he drop after the Kansas City game would be a, the better question. Right. That's what I don't know. I, between I'd have, Houston and KC. Let's see if I can right. find a previous ranking. Of would it, it would be handy if they actually had if they actually had a the previous week linked here, and they do. Unfortunately, it's so, not going. Oh, go ahead. So Drew Locke, after the Kansas City game, he was 28th, and then at, or heading into the Lions game was 28th. Heading into the Chiefs game, after the Houston game, he was 26th. <laughs> so somehow nice Drew right. Locke has dropped from 26th to 29th in these put a blindfold on and throw darts quarterback rankings that are being provided by NFL.com. Didn't he have a 99.7 quarterback rating? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, this it's a, it's a fool's errand in the first place, I think, to try and rank all the quarterbacks on a week-by-week basis. Yeah. But uh, they're getting it wrong. I wish this would happen, and I don't think it's going to because the storyline of, like, young quarterback taking the reins for his team heading into year two is, like, a really juicy off-season storyline. But I wish people would sleep on Drew Locke this offseason. Apparently they are. I didn't think they were going to. I didn't think they would either. I just think, like, that's going to be a topic. You know, that can get you through a whole segment. Right. Like, oh, Drew Locke's taking the reins for the Broncos. Is this the Is he going to be the guy to turn them around this year? I think it'll take us through one or two segments this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. (laughs) That, Hallmark. I mean, Mason's getting a jump start on offseason talk. We honestly should have just taken a break after that. That was a full segment in itself. It was. (laughs) Next one coming in from Uppercut of Justice Mace. Dean, Jess, Logan, or the unexplored single option? Before he answers. Do you have any clue? Zero. Give me a guess. Um, Come on, I want to. I want to see what you guess here. Mm, favorite Hallmark actors. <laughs> <laughs> Un, the underexplored single. Do you have option. any idea? No. Wow. I'm okay, gonna guess. Bad, then. This is some sort of game show. Yesterday, when I was commenting on Vic Fangio's love of Hallmark movies, I. Oh. I said, hey, I, I think it's cool that he's copying to this. I mean, I, back in the day, never missed an episode of Gilmore Girls. Ah. This is what it's about. <laughs> These are the paramours of Roy, Roy Gilmore. I, the, I'm going, but yes, and they, so there are some people who say, are you on Team Dean, Team Jess, or Team Logan? But I am going to choose the unexplored 
underexplored single option. Is that the uh, the triple option divided by three? We need to insert the rim shot for that one. <laughs> speaking of speaking of the single option and the triple option, that's happening tonight because we're seeing Washington State versus Air Force. Air Force runs the triple option. Washington State runs the air raid, which is actually just the single option, which is pass every the time. Greatest stylistic matchup of the Bulls. Yes. Beyond the playoff uh, bowl games, and of course. Uh, some other select ones like uh, the Rose Bowl with Oregon against Wisconsin and a couple others. This is the bowl game to watch that is actually worth watching of the convoluted system of college football. As I, I noted on KOA yesterday, if you were starting college football from scratch, would you, with any sense, create a postseason that looked like this? No. God, no. No. Okay. But it makes a whole lot of money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So people who are on the gravy train are cashing in, and they don't want to let go of their seats on said train. But sometimes certain industries need to die. It's actually mm. a, it's actually kind of a scary thing. It shows you that um, sporting events don't actually need fans in the stands to make money. Yep, this is true. Like they could just the Broncos could not have fans in the seats, and just week one presented by Chick Fil A, week two presented by <laughs> yep. Anyways, um, well, I think one if, thing we'll see is that the next generation of stadiums is probably going to be smaller. Yes, I think so too. Um, all right, so your confession, Vic's confession is Hallmark movies and chick flicks. Your confession is Gilmore Girls. My confession, love a good pumpkin spice latte. Mm, good PSL. It's just a great fall drink. Yeah. What do you got? And we got to move on. No, um, I. Uh, Oh, man. You're in the trust tree here. Do I do the, I don't know the right word for it. The only word that comes to mind is baby talk to my cats. <laughs> okay, but, okay. But, but uh, yeah, I do that often, all the time. <sighs> I would ask for an example, but I don't want it. No, I want it. <laughs> no, I want this. <laughs> I guess you, guess you got to come over, but Ryan can't since he's allergic to cats. I can't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to like die. I'll just be really uncomfortable for a while. Maybe I'll, I'll keep my deep voice. Want some, want some, food, us want us some foodie woody? <laughs> Close. <laughs> <laughs> some new cat food. Oh, you are, oh, you are can, daddy's little kitty. You are. Ooh. I can picture it so perfectly. <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> oh, BC Bronco. Merry belated Christmas and happy boxing days to you and all the entire DNVR fam. Quoting from people smarter than... I, in Canada, Boxing Day is a federal statutory holiday. Government offices, banks, and post offices slash delivery are closed. In some Canadian provinces, Boxing Day is a statutory holiday that is always celebrated on 26 December. And in simpler terms, yes, it is our Black Friday, even though we have that now, too. Thank you, Mace, for keeping a damper on the Drew Lock fires that kept me grounded. That said, welcome on board the Drew train. Can't wait to see them play spoiler for the Oakland Raiders one final time. We'll save any questions for the offseason. Can't wait to get back into those important topics like straws, one hole or two, best water, and all the other non-football stuff that made the summer dread time fly by. Onward and upwards. Happy and safe New Year's to you all. 2020 will welcome us back to the postseason. I'm always afraid that we're going to like run out of things like that, and they just keep coming. Yep, including today. You didn't even have to wait for the offseason. Yep. Did we get your take on straws? One or two holes. Or zero. Or... Yeah. <laughs> or a new option. I have to think about that one. I'll right. save it for the off season. <laughs> it's fine. 
We've pushed a lot of things for the offseason. Yes, yes, we have. Mr. Undrafted. Hypothetically speaking, if the Broncos and Justin Simmons do work out a long-term contract, what player would you guys see the Broncos using the franchise tag on and why? No no, none of them. No. Yep. no. And, and John's proved that he's not afraid to use the tag, but he's also not going to force the tag. Nope. Yeah. And who would even be the candidates? Like Shelby Harris, yep. Will Derek Parks. Wolf. A lot Derek of guys no would be overpays if you give them the franchise tag. A franchise tag is for a franchise quality player. And I'm putting that in air quotes because it doesn't have to be quite that good. But you don't use it on just regular guys. So I already know your answer, but Chris Harris? No. No. So that would be they can't. 16 mil? I think that was part of the deal for getting him more money this year was that they don't franchise tag So wait, let, let me just get this straight. <laughs> Chris got everything. Part of wanted. the deal, <laughs> I'm putting that in air quotes, of Chris Harris Jr. getting $3 million free dollars <laughs> was that the Broncos also aren't allowed – to franchise tag him. And you're right about that, Mace. It makes no sense at all. To this what day... Did, what did the Broncos get in they this? They got nothing. <laughs> they got absolutely, positively, literally nothing. They the, kept the, him happy for right. a year. The benefit was literally making him happy. My God. <laughs> My God. Let me tell you this. If your relationship is banking on a gift, it's not a good relationship. <laughs> Probably not, and it's completely one-sided. Oh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> from Blue Ragoo. Hey, guys, happy holidays. Here's my cut and paste from the previous pod. I feel like we haven't talked enough about what Travis Kelsey did to us a couple games ago, which is the exact problem we've had for years, probably going back to Gronkowski and Hernandez. Do you think we were, again, exposed, or do you think that was an anomaly for that game? Anomaly. Uh, Broncos wanted to come out and do more man. They started out in man coverage because Patrick Mahomes has much more trouble with man than with zone. And after the Tyreek Hill touchdown early in the game, went back to the zone that they generally favor. And Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are going to feast off the zone. They've The Broncos have gotten better this year under Vic covering the tight ends, but there's still been holes. And here's the thing. I'm not going to say it's an anomaly going up against Travis Kelsey because until the Broncos can stop him, I should probably be predicting seven catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown every single game they face him. The anomaly is Travis Kelsey himself. He's a freak. Right. And so when he goes off on you, like good players go off on teams. That's just what happens. I realize it's, it's scarring to see it again, but it's like this isn't Will Disley going for over 100 yards and a touchdown against the Broncos. It's a really good player having a really good game. And this That's is why and this is why you picked Noah Fant in the first round because he has that sort of potential. He says, "I wonder if there will someday be a freak athletic defender that's kind of a safety linebacker hybrid built like a tight end that can cover tight ends. I imagine he would look a little bit like Darren Waller. Why do you think we haven't seen that?" Cuz they're all in the NBA. And there's a lot more money to be made on the offensive side of the, like yeah. you make more money as a tight end catching touchdowns than you will right. as a guy who tries to cover tight ends. I've got one for you. Sua Cravens. Wasn't that exactly what he was supposed, supposed to be? Supposed to be. Supposed to be. But yep. not big enough, though. Still crazy. Big safety. Literally dwarfed by Steve Atwater. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, and yeah. that's the thing. I mean, when you're talking about these yeah, Steve athletic it. freaks, you're also basically saying if they're going to cover tight ends, they have to have speed, but they also have to be at least 240 pounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Steve Atwater. It is. Yeah. And that is a, those people don't exist anymore. I mean, Steve around Steve when he's around the Broncos players that are current right now, he makes it seem like he's the NFL player and they're high school players. And also, I mean, it's those guys wild. those guys play basketball. And right. Steve Atwater played 
basketball. If if North Carolina had recruited Steve Atwater to play basketball, he would have wanted to go be a Tar Heel. How could That's you? something yeah, he told don't me. Blame him. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It is crazy. The only people who Steve Atwater doesn't look bigger than is like a couple offensive linemen, Derek Wolf. Yep. Um, endless. Yeah. And if Steve really? Atwater had gone to Carolina, he would have been my hero growing up in the way he's the hero of people here in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. He's my hero right now. I just want to be like him in any way I can. Um, He finally finishes here and says, the other point that I have not heard enough of is how really good players raise the level of those around him, the Michael Jordan effect. And I think we're seeing a version of that with our young stud Locke. Keep up the fantastic work, guys. I completely agree that Drew Locke is the Michael Jordan of the NFL. (laughs) Or maybe it's just that the quarterbacks were at such a low level they were dragging everybody down, and now you just have guys playing to their natural level because they have a competent and energetic young quarterback there. No, it's just how good Drew is. He's Michael Jordan, I would say. (laughs) MJ. (laughs) No, uh, but I think he makes a really good point. Like, Peyton Manning makes Austin Collie good. Yeah. And Drew Locke. Apparently makes Deshaun Hamilton good. And uh, Jeff Hireman and Andrew Beck I, well, and Jake Rogers and Austin Schlotman yeah. and Patrick Morris. Then did Case Keenum make Deshaun Hamilton good late in 2018? Um, sure. Yeah. yeah a couple yeah. good, good okay. games for him. Um, before we continue here, I want to talk about Denver Rubber Company real quick. You guys know what they are. They're Denver Rubber Company. They're local. They're tried and true. Since 1972, anything you need in the rubber world, they've got it covered, especially if you're trying to get those snow plows hooked up for the snow season, which we think will eventually come. It's been like 60 degrees every day this week. It's very weird. Uh, but make sure that you check out Denver Rubber Company at drcfirst.com slash DNVR or call them at 1-800-259-0010 for any rubber or snowplow needs. Next one coming in from Blue Ragoo. Hey, guys. Happy nope, ho- nope, nope. Next one. You're right. You're right. Next one coming in from Lone Star Bronco. Hey, guys. Unfortunately, I do not have any friends or acquaintances who follow the draft. That being said, until I found this podcast, I had no other outlet or outside points of view. So mostly for Mace, for obvious reasons, but Zach and RK, if he's on today, please explain to me your current and th- your current thoughts at the time when the Bucks traded up in the second to select Robert Agoya. I was Roberto Aguayo. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know how I got there. <laughs> I was dumbfounded. I co- I commend seeing a problem and swinging for the fences to fix it with a very very good college kicker. But come on, man. Sorry if this responded or sorry if this reopened an old wound, Mace. But who better to ask than an incredibly knowledgeable fan? Thanks. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Pound the Raiders. Well, the Broncos did a live draft show on their website at the time. And I was on there, and I believe I said something the effect of that Jason Light, the Bucks general manager, does not understand the draft if he's picking a kicker in round two. Where could, where could they have got him? Round four. And traded up. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <sighs> I, I, now, and then I honestly the, think yeah. the added pressure put on him by that is the reason why he ended up not being good, which... Kind of goes back to what Vic Fangio said. Like, if a guy can't handle that, he wasn't the guy in the first place. Right. But it's crazy. Kicker is such a mental position. And the whole fan base didn't like the pick. Everyone was like, this is dumb. And then this added pressure on him made him lose his touch. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I get the Bucks being desperate for help at the kicker position. This has been a sore spot for them for a long time, really, other than the years of Martin Gramatica around the turn of the century, and they had a couple of very good years with Steve Christie and then inexplicably let him walk in Plan B free agency, and then some solid years from Donald Igwe Buike, who no way. didn't have much strength in the leg but was cash money inside of 35, which back in the 80s was a big deal. Cash money, Iquem Bikwe? Igwe Buike. He was from Nigeria. That like, is impressive. Like, like Andrew Beck, cash money first down, <laughs> yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, but the, the Bucks' search for a kicker has covered most of the team's history. So I get the desperation, but you can't give in to that and make a, a move of that nature. And with the exception of Sebastian Janikowski, the majority of first and second round kickers, rare as they are, have failed. I mean, the, the My favorite story of those is John Lee of the St. Louis Cardinals, who they made a they used second round pick on back in 1985, but he had a superstition that he didn't feel he could kick well in games telecast by CBS. Oh. Which, given the fact that the Cardinals were in the NFC and CBS had the NFC contract at the time, was a little bit of a problem. Oh my. <laughs> my guy, why do you even know who's broadcasting the game? Why would you admit that? He had a bad game against. Nebraska that was on CBS when he was in college and he felt like it got in his head so he didn't feel like he could kick in games that were aired by CBS. <laughs> Let me tell you what, not the guy if they have that going on in their head. Uh, next one's But from- that's kickers. Isn't that just a typical kicker story? That couldn't happen to anybody at any other position but kicker. Yes, I used to live uh, with a punter and he he came home from practice one day and was like it was just like pissed and I was like, "What's up, man?" and he's like, they freaking changed the socks and they didn't tell me. You know, I had a horrible practice because my sock didn't fit in my boot right. And I was like, dude, come on, man. It's just a sock. He's like, you don't understand. Like, when you've been just feeling your sock in your shoe a certain way every day for three years, all of a sudden there's just a new sock in your locker. Oh like, my God. Maybe this is why Rich Carlos went barefoot back in the day. Yeah, there you and go. And you don't have to worry about that. Wow. Can't change your socks on you. Nope. But yeah, that is, I, and I can relate to that as a golfer too. Like, for, there's like a, a pebble in your shoe or something, and you hit a bad shot. You're like, why didn't I just take the damn shoe off and get it out of there? <laughs> uh, for Mark It Snatch, he says, "Hey guys, my boss called me today to tell me he have uh, he had an extra tickets for a box suite on the 50 yard line for the game on Sunday. Wow." We'll be joining. Yeah, let, let us come in. <laughs> I haven't been to a game since the final Manning-Brady Bowl, so I'm stupid pumped. Hopefully I'll get a chance to sneak over to the Sons of Mile High tailgate before the game. Finally get to meet you all. Sadly, last week was our last tailgate, so we won't have oh, one this week. No. Um, but you get to go in a box, so don't feel too <laughs> bad. Um, he says, with the impending offseason nearing and the potential end of Tom McMahon's time here, is there anyone specific you'd like to see interviewed for the special teams coordinated position? Also, is it unfair to draw parallels between the way the Broncos have treated Juwan James' situation to the way the Jets handled the situation with Kaleki Osamele? I'll give you a blast from the past if he's available. If the Jaguars move on from Doug Marone and his staff, I'd like to see, like to see him bring back Joe D. Camillus. Oh, Joe D. <laughs> the Joe man. D., the local guy. Yeah. yeah. That would make Joe a lot D of guy. sense. Yeah. Please. He seems like a, a guy who would fit with Vic Fangio. I like that a lot. Yeah. Bring back Joe D. 
Owen one as a head coach. We weren't really good. complaining much about the special teams while Joe D was here. I think Jordan Norwood, he wasn't explosive, but you didn't put that on Joe D. You put that on just Jordan Norwood, and that was your option at that point. But Jordan Norwood just still Im- lives in Denver. Just and imagine. Jordan Norwood still with the uh, the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. Just imagine Joe D paired up with Pro Bowl uh, potential Pro Bowl returner Deontay Spencer. What damage that duo could do. Of course, maybe Joe D walks back in and says, why the hell did you trade Riley Dixon? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he can help them find the next punter. Not the four-year plan? I don't think Will he be? believes in the four-year okay, plan. I think he's okay. a little more self-aware than that. <laughs> Max Duffy, Kentucky, if he turns pro, that should be your guy. Oh, and then when he hits one and it gets a nice bounce, what, what are you going to call it? A Duffy roll. Oh, yes! The sp- yes! Wow! Yes, this is what we missed I the last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> and for those that don't know, it's a local company, right? Duffy roll? Duffy's roll? It's a treasured Colorado tradition. That's yes. their slogan. It, it, oh, well, there you go. I walked to the Duffy roll cafe uh, over on uh, Louisiana. It's, a, it's about a 30-minute walk from my house. And they are, how do you describe them? Because they're not cinnamon rolls. It's like a croissant cinnamon roll, kind of? They're amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just, Fantastic. If you know, you know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, all right, next one here is from Count Locula. Oh, okay, my turn. That is your turn. Skangs hands lock the full playbook. Locke smiles and does a children's movie-based celebration dance. <laughs> Skangs yells as Locke walks away. But you remember one thing. You are screw up just this much. You'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog bleep out of Hong Kong. Locke, I feel the need. The need for speed. <laughs> oh! That seemed random to me. <laughs> Top Gun. Uh, oh, yes. I, I've watched Top Gun before. I just don't remember. You're gonna go see the Top Gun sequel? Single, absolutely. Next year? Yeah. Uh, eh. I dressed up as Tom Cruise for like uh, or as Tom Tom Cruise and Top Gun a few years ago. I Christmas, see the comparisons, yeah, especially you. in the height department. <laughs> You're gonna start calling him Maverick now. Yes. Oh, I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. It fits him. I can I can do that. Yeah, it's better than some other nicknames. all right next one here is from nathan wheeler says hey guys i just wanted to thank all three of you for the shirts my wife got me for christmas yes Uh, i wanted to let you guys know that the black dnvr shirt will be in a display case and hung next to my designed demarcus wear jersey and to (laughs) fill you guys in a little bit um nathan's wife reached out to us and said hey i want to get him something special for christmas if i buy some shirts will you guys autograph them which I'll just be honest, was like a super cool thing for me. Yeah. Like, as a kid, I was collected autographs like crazy. So someone actually wanting my autograph, our autograph, was pretty darn cool. Anyways, he goes on and says, The Mile High Mafia shirt will be my exclusive under jersey game shirt so long as that shirt lasts. Thank you all so much. We as a family love the DNVR community and staff. So thanks to everyone making this a home away from home. Happy holidays. Drew Locke is the guy. Feed <laughs> Phil. RIP Mr. B. And long live DNVR. Hey, love that. Nathan, Happy holidays, awesome Nathan. Comment. Thanks Great. For, wow, thanks that's for chiming beautiful. in. Happy we could do that. And last one, I think, coming in from Bronco Gator 87. Hey, guys, as the season ends and the new year approaches, what do you think should be the Broncos' resolutions for the next year? Hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like we talk about these things a lot, unless there's another way to frame this. But I think the resolution is, like, fix the offensive line. <laughs> um... And get Drew Locke a number two wide receiver and fill whatever hole appears at cornerback. And adopt this motto. 
All I do is win. Oh my god! No matter what. <laughs> Where did and, that and there, come from? Have and also this. While I don't generally advocate for impatience, <laughs> I feel like they've been too patient with with certain guys. Like the four year plan for Colby Wadman. <laughs> yes. Have a little bit more urgency, and be willing to push players that are struggling off the ledge. Or at least make them, (laughs) or at least make them feel uncomfortable, and see if that doesn't generate results. Right. It was kind of a weird thing to realize today that the Broncos haven't brought in a single tackle to compete with Garrett Bowles since they got him. That's that's crazy. Couldn't that have maybe helped him raise his game? Sure. Or worst case, help you find a replacement for right now. I mean, the other thing, like go back to punter. You had a bunch of punters in for tryouts a few weeks ago. Jawan James is not going to play on Sunday. I know they may want to make a point to Jawan James, but why aren't you using that spot to sign a punter right now so he's with your team rather than going through the reserve future contract and maybe you get him, but maybe he goes to another team on Monday? It's Duffy or bust. <laughs> so Mace, or Braden Mann from A&M. He's good, too. Mace, what you're saying is you want the Broncos to... Have a little urgency. Oh, that was good. That was good. We don't get enough singing from you, The weird thing is I also thought of that Have a Little Faith in Me song when he said that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Um, We should have done a duet then. Yeah, I like like that one. That's a good one. Stop waiting around for guys to get good. Just get people who are already good. Like Tom Donahoe said. Get him good or get him gone. And stop waiting around to name Drew Locke the guy for next year. It is kind of weird. It is kind of weird. This would never happen with a first-round pick. But yep. because of, right. what, 10 picks, mm-hmm. somehow it's like acceptable for them to just play the slow game and say, like, he looks like he could be the guy. <laughs> yeah. if, if Drew Locke was taken even at 20, they'd oh, be yeah. saying, like, oh, yeah, this is his team now. Without a doubt. Do you think John Elway shows up then at some of these quarterback pro days to get everyone thinking? Like he shows up at Justin Herbert's pro day. He's not going to fool anyone when he has a four and one quarterback <laughs> with a rocket arm who had a ninety nine point seven quarterback. But certainly, rating in a game. I think QBR Herbert could be in the range where the Broncos are picking. Shut your And mouth. I think they'd like no. to use just create the that is, illusion. Yes, and and get leverage to get a little bit more in a trade. Yeah. Eh, well, I won't uh, buy it for a second. And no, if they I don't do think draft Justin Herbert. I'm going to be pretty pissed. <laughs> oh. Gosh, but so you don't want the Justin Herbert Drew Lock competition? Nope. I did. There was a time where I, I wanted yeah, that, yeah. but the, I think that was one of those another ones that was prefaced with: if Drew Lock isn't the guy, right? Then I want <laughs> the competition. Or if we don't find out if he's the guy, then I want the competition. We found out. It's loud and clear. It's right in front of our faces. Drew Lock is the guy. I, I'm with you, Zach. Stop resisting. I hope at the end of season press conference, they. Say it unequivocally. And then I hope John just says, oh, we're just playing silly games by not saying <laughs> he's the guy. Take a day three flyer on a young guy that you've, you're developing. Sign a veteran backup, because I really don't think Brandon Allen's good enough. What about Brett Rippon? You're having the day three guy you bring in compete with Brett Rippon for the number three job. Sounds good. There we go. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We appreciate you all for tuning in. We hope you had a great Christmas. hope you had a great holiday. 
and uh, hope you enjoy a nice little weekend here in week 17. We'll talk to you after the game. Have a good weekend. South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.